as part of the Jeremiah Show. It's the Arwen Lewis Show. Arwen Lewis is a singer, a songwriter, and a guitarist. She inhabits our blue planet, but her beliefs belong in the celestial realm. As the daughter of Peter Lewis, a founding member of rock and roll cult icons Moby Grape, and the granddaughter of Oscar-winning actress Loretta Young, she's been part of the creative cosmos all of her life. She's a slice of sonic heaven, poised to enter your heart, mind, and soul. She's an artist, producer, and writer, and she's your radio host. Everybody, you're listening to the Arwen Lewis Radio Show. My show features uh, independent, upcoming, and established musical artists, and we play music that uh, they've released previously, talk about their upcoming projects, and the lives that they've lived in the world of the music business. Today, I have a very, very special guest, Mr. Rob Bailey. Uh, Rob is a Manhattan-based guitarist, vocalist, songwriter, and music producer. Some of his career highlights include studio, TV, and live concert work with pop artists like Enrique Iglesias, Mandy Moore, Delta Goodrem of The Voice, AU, Broadway and off-Broadway appearances, appearances with guitar work on Billy Joel's Movin' Out and David Bowie's Lazarus. And he's contributed guitar work on hundreds of commercials and various soundtracks, including campaigns for CK, Kenneth Cole, and John Barbatos. <laughs> Rob also maintains a private teaching practice, performs regularly in New York City with the highly touted event band Chevy and the Fam, and is currently signed to Australia's hard rock hub Golden Robot Records. Rob also maintains a private teaching practice, performs regularly in New York City with the highly touted event band Chevy and the Fam, and is currently signed to Australia's hard rock hub Golden Robot Records with the band PSSR, which also features the drummer of Guns N' Roses, Frank Ferrer. A few more notable artists who Rob has worked with include Aerosmith, Anastasia, Cindy Lauper, Alan Toussaint, Jive Jones, David Johansson, Blake Morgan, John DiNicola, Peter Lewis of Moby Grape, myself, Arwen Lewis, Russ Irwin, Tony <coughs> Kay, Tony Vincent from The Voice, Robert Gordon, and many, many more. And so without further ado, Rob, welcome to my show. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure. It's good to see you. You too. Um, I feel like I haven't seen you actually since I was in New York like eight years ago. <laughs> Ouch. Long time. <laughs> uh, well, and I know you've been super busy, um, but I thought we could just start by talking about, you know, just your career as a musician and start by telling everybody where you're from, uh, where were you raised and what inspired you to start playing music um, and what's your background as far as your musical training goes? Okay. Well, I was uh, raised um, in a town called Cornwall in the Hudson, which is by Newburgh, West Point, about an hour and a half, two hours um, out of the city. Okay. Um, and I had a great, great childhood. And um, the thing that got me into music initially was, you know, piano lessons like most kids or like a lot of kids. And um, <clears throat> then once that wore on for a while, that was a great foundation, but then rock and roll got me, and I was, you know, a huge Kiss fan, mm -hmm. and I actually won my first Kiss record on the radio. 
That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then I, you know, then I pivoted to some older bands like the Beatles and stuff like that, and Led Zeppelin and the Who, and uh, and I uh, went to Berkeley College of Music. I got a degree from there, and that was that was something. I, it's funny. I say to people about music school. Um, in some ways, you know, when you decide to do it, it's like you're going all in, and it sort of pushes you off the cliff into the career a little bit more solidly than maybe if you were sitting in your room going like, I wonder if I should do this for a living. So yeah. I was glad I went there. Grateful. And my clique is from there for, you know, for the most part, it's like all my, all my friends are still all Berkeley people. And I mean, a lot of them, a lot, a lot of my connections. Well, so. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why you go to a school like that is to find that community of people who are kind of driven the same way that you are. Um, and were so was guitar your primary interest instrument um, when you went to Berkeley, and or did you study piano, or do you play other instruments too? Well, I kept up the piano, and I always um, uh, and I was always interested in singing, um, but guitar was it. You know, that's what I really. It's just home. You know what I mean? It really felt like that was my place, um, and I did develop my voice there uh as well and i kept the, the keyboard up i can still you know i can still play like singer songwriter piano and uh, uh my son's taking piano now which is fun so it, it's fun to sort of go over go over that path again with him but uh anyway yeah are so you teaching guitar, him guitar guitar, oh. guitar 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 yeah <laughs> um no 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 he's got a piano teacher it's funny i noticed at some point in time picking up from interviews and stuff that a lot of musicians tend to farm out that teaching piece to other other teachers because it's a different dynamic, you know, and I think it's, I think it's wise if you can pull it off, but I also think you definitely have to have the input and, uh, you know, it's give nice them feedback to, and. Yeah. And I feel like it's nice. It's probably nice for him to go learn and then you can kind of converse more about it and, um, you know, have more of a conversation rather than like yeah. him feeling like you're like instructing him, which is probably a really interesting dynamic for you too. Oh yeah. I'm very serious with him about it though. So it's like, uh, you know, I, I, it, it's going well so far. So no complaints. Yeah. From me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, I'm sure he's very happy. Um, but going back to guitar. Um, so you're primarily an electric player, right? Or do you do acoustic work too? I definitely do acoustic work, but, you know, my first love was more the electric guitar players. And then I, um, I mean, acoustic and electric guitars, there's elements of it where it's like, there's so, there's such different instruments, such different, um, such different attack, uh, obviously style. Um, I, I, you need them both to be a pro, I think, I believe you know, especially like a, as a session musician, but I'm, I'm crazy for acoustic guitar. You know, yeah. I have a, gr like I have a gr old Gibson guitar from 46, which is probably my favorite guitar that I own. And I think it's on your record, but um, okay. I'm pretty sure about that on one tune. But um, uh, yeah, you know, and some of my, I think some of the greatest guitar players in my favorites list are, you know, like James Taylor. Is yeah. One of the greatest. Yeah. So, I love I love them both. I'm right there with you. They're just two different worlds, you know, and exactly they all and each mm -hmm. guitar you right. know, has its own finesse too. Um, 
As far oh. as like pairing an electric guitar with an amplifier, do you have a favorite combination? Ooh, well, that's a great question. Um, I actually have to say that I believe that the tried and true um, time-honored combinations like a Les Paul through a Marshall amp, mm -hmm. amazing, you know, a Fender strat through a fender twin you know but my, my favorite thing is my favorite amp is i have a 1964 15 watt fender princeton so that with les paul is probably my my favorite personal combination and so. you don't really do a lot of um effect pedals either right are you more just like straight guitar out of a good amp or do you mess around with that a little um i'm i go i go with all, all of it i go both both methods for sure in fact, right now I'm actually um, super, super pedal um, fixated because I think it, it's it's easy to really get your sound on the board and bring it anywhere you want. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think it's it's safe too. Like you can really control your stuff in a lot of different situations that way. Yeah. So I've been I've been a little bit pedal heavy lately. Yeah. Nice. Well, and I think I mean I really think pedal boards are cool because probably the same reason like what you just said like you you it gives you more opportunity to color i think with the music and you know things that are mm -hmm. you know like you or you could do oh, it yeah. in the studio like if you you know had the time but live for sure it gives you a little more variety in the sounds that you can make um and so as far as creating too you're a songwriter as well i didn't really know that i didn't realize you wrote songs yeah um yeah i mean i've i've got Go ahead. I was just going to say, when did you start writing? Oh, as soon as I played, you know, I, uh, I actually still to this day, I, I wrote some things on piano, which are not like really complete things. They're more like themes and stuff. I'm like, where'd that come from? You know, it was like when you're, when you're a kid, your writing is like, got a special moment, you know, but um, yeah, I always, you know, I always realized that that was a, a big a big part of what I was going to be doing was writing. And I've, you know, I've written tons of tunes with people, you know, a lot of it's, a lot of it's not out. And that's one of my next, you know, it's my next goal is to really get my catalog out, you know, back, back catalog, I should say, but I, I write all the time with people, um, you know, col collaborations on their mm -hmm. stuff. Do you prefer to write with others and write for others? Or are you interested in, you know, doing a solo project and singing the songs that you write for yourself? Um, the last gig I played, for instance, was about, a, like, just on my own name, was uh, about a year ago. And it was really, really tough. And I didn't love being up there by myself. It just, it, like, right now, I'm like... I want to fight that too. I don't want to, I, I used to be like, Hey, what's up? It's my gig. Come on. You know, but now I'm like, uh, cause I, I'm, I'm just feeling a little, um, I don't know, just disconnected from it. So I think it's time to like really find that spot again. I, I'm actually more in the studio head right now with my own music, but yeah, I like, I like playing in a band and I, I like, I like skulking in the shadows as a guitar player. I, I didn't just, coming up to the mic and pouncing on it with backgrounds. It sounds so violent, but it's really not that bad. Um, and uh, I like I do like both. I like collaborating and writing by myself. As long as the idea is good, I do not care. Yeah. 
yeah, as long as you're enjoying the art that you're making, right? But I agree yeah. with you. It's way and more I, fun like, to play with people. I was going to say, yeah it's, yeah, it's way more fun to play in a band. Yeah. Yeah, you know, my, my cousin is an author and she's like, <laughs> sometimes like we talk about this. It's like, there's that, like, she's got that control, but you know, it, it's a low, it's a lonely ride too, you know, it, it would as well. So, yeah. She's got editors. So it's, oh, that's, and that's where it comes in. Yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah, I feel like there's like a romanticism behind like, oh, I just want to like go hide in a cabin and write a novel. But like when you really think about what that actually entails, you know, it's like not, <laughs> not as appealing as maybe once you get there. Um, Did you see The Shining? <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, well, talking about or movies. So um, this is we have like kind of a funny connection to the restaurant called the hitching post um so the reason why i'm here having this yeah. radio show to begin with is because um the owner of the hitching post his name is frank ostini he uh connected me to jeremiah and then jeremiah gave me this show um but anyway so the hitching post is a restaurant in buellton california where the movie sideways um was like filmed almost half of the movie was filmed in that restaurant um and so your song drinky buddy that we're going to take everybody out to break with has a connection to the movie sideways uh do you want to tell us oh that's great <laughs> oh yeah so i, I uh, one of my cl favorite collaborators is a, is a guy named david clement um we're actually currently working on a, a theater piece which is going to be um uh about the 60s um a radical group, the, the Weathermen, and uh, we workshopped it a bunch. We got a great team in place, but I've also worked with David on uh, records, producing his records for for several years. And he's, you know, he's heavily connected in the theater world. And that's my dog Duck, by the way. Um, and uh, one of these people that uh, uh, he's friends with is this woman, Mary Louise Burke, who played the mom in Sideways, and. Okay. He crafted this song for her based on her like quirks and personalities and her delivery. And, and it's just, it just came out so fun. And, and people, we, we, she always comes out and sings it when we do shows and brings the house down. And she's, she's one of the coolest, coolest people. Um, easy hang. Yeah, I love the video that you sent. Um, it was very well, and the song is—it's a Broadway, but it's a theater piece, um, which is awesome. <clears throat> yeah. And so you've had some experience on Off Broadway and Broadway too, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I—I I played, uh, I subbed on both Lazarus, the Bowie show, um, and also, but m more frequently on the Billy Joel musical, Moving Out which was like Billy Joel on steroids. It was crazy. And he came out and sang once when I was on it too, which was great. Yeah. How cool. So um, I wanted to ask what your role was like, what, what your role was like, um, like where were you on the stage? Um, and yeah, what was that like? Like, can oh. you expand on those performances a little bit? That, yeah, that one was pretty special because the show started with, the band was on stage and it was one of the first shows to do the band on stage thing i think <clears throat> it was a full full like 15 piece band or something like that full horn section etc and um basically uh 
the band started out in the front of the stage playing still rock and roll, still rock and roll to me. And um, then a hydraulic lift pulled it to the back, pulled the whole band to the back of the stage so the dancing could happen. And uh, the first time that happened, when I did the show, I, I swear I, was, I almost passed out. It was so fast and it was so like, whoa, and I don't like heights. <laughs> yeah, that sounds a little scary. <laughs> but how cool. So but hydraulic lift. The show lift. was a ton of work. Sorry, I yeah. think we have a little bit of, of a hand. delay. Yeah. But, okay. A ton of work and you had a great experience. Yeah. We- cool. Um, totally, well, totally. It was great. And and as I said, Billy came sat in with the band when So yeah, you had um you were on stage and then Billy Joe came out and performed and that was the show. <laughs> Well, it was pretty funny because he came out like dressed like in like khaki, like khaki shorts, a gray sweatshirt and like a farmer hat. And it was like um, he just was stood on the stage and he he didn't look like he should have been there, you know. And then he just stood there till people figured out who he was. And the, hearing that crowd like slowly rumble into like, holy shit, my only stuff, the guy's here, you know, it was pretty great. And nice. uh, yeah, and he killed it. And did he write Holy that stuff. story? Mm, I don't believe he did. I'm sure he had a lot to do with it, but, you know, I'm sure he pitched in. But I, I forget who did the book. I know Twilight Tharp did the dancing, did the choreography. But I don't remember who did the book. The book was kind of dictated by his catalog, though, which was cool. Yeah, but, and it sounds yeah. like it followed his, um, the story of like his career really well. Um, and as far as like writing and producing, so you, you mentioned you're a producer too. Um, what kind of artists do you produce and do you have a wide variety of people you've worked with or is it a little more slim? No, it's, I mean, I, um, it's, it tends to be just more like people, you know, um, in my vicinity, so to speak, uh, you know, like this, uh, I'm working with this uh, uh, artist named Madison Hatter. We've done a bunch of stuff. It's all it's all up online. Um, you know, my 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 band. I produce the record um, PSSR. Um, also, like I'm producing something for um, a guy named Andy Hilfiger right now, who's Tommy's uh, Tommy's brother. And uh, um, as I mentioned, this guy David Clement been producing his records for a long time. So yeah, I. I uh, Jesse Galante is another hard a hard rock singer that I that I work with up in. Uh, she's from the Buffalo area, Buffalo area. So yeah, I you know, I do I do I do my fair share. But also when I say producing, it's like you know I do a lot of um, I do a lot of advertising work. So go, I'll I'll work on spots and stuff like that. Soup to nuts, you know. Well, I mean, That's it sounds like of, you've got your foot in the door in like pretty much every aspect of the business, which is awesome. Um, and we're actually, we're going to run out to break really quickly here. So, um, we're going to, and then we'll pick up and talk a little more about that. Cause I wanted, I know we're going to play a song by Madison Hatter, um, today, um, oh, good. At, okay. in, in the second break, uh, but we're going to take everybody out to break with the song drinking buddy and featuring Mary Louise Burke by David Clement. Yes. And then we're going to bring you back in with Mandy Moore's candy that Rob Bailey has played on both of these tracks. <laughs> And so I want to talk about that, too, because, I mean, I know I'm, uh, you know, 
I was probably in eighth grade when that song came out. And of course, that That's was everybody's right. anthem. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, it's a funny story about it. Yeah, let's let's talk about it when we come back. Uh, everybody, this is Arwen Lewis. You're listening to the Arwen Lewis Radio Show. My very special guest is a Manhattan-based guitarist, vocalist, songwriter, and music producer, Rob Bailey. Find him at robbailey.net at Bobbergram on Instagram, <clears throat> and then on Rob Bailey at Facebook. We'll be right back. I'm a qualified drinking buddy. I can order damn good drinks. I'm very rarely reactionary And I'm richer than you think I've got diplomatic prowess I'm an advantageous friend Every bar I've ever been kicked out of Has welcomed me back in get drunk and things get said you don't want to sleep alone I'll stick around till you drift off and by dawn I'll be back Rob Bailey here, doing a little shameless Rob Bailey self-promotion on the Arwen Lewis Show. Good morning, everybody. This is Arwen Lewis, and you're listening to the Arwen Lewis Radio Show. Today, my very special guest is Rob Bailey. Rob Bailey is a Manhattan-based guitarist, vocalist, songwriter, and music producer. And we're talking about his extensive career in the music business. You can find out more about him at robbailey.net, at Graham on Instagram, and on Rob Bailey on Facebook. And we brought you back in from break uh, with Mandy Moore's song, Candy. So, Rob, can you tell us a little about your experience of playing on that track? Yeah, that's actually, it, it's sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That can, That's a songwriter-generated song. You know, she was like 16 as an artist when that came out. 
I think she right. was really super young. And that song was originally meant for a guy named Don Phillip who sang a duet with Britney on the first Britney Spears record. And he cut it and it sounded great. And all my parts were on the original version of that. And then that song got, he didn't take it. And then that song got bounced around. Um, and Mandy uh, eventually got a hold of it via her producer. And he kept a bunch of my stuff, which was cool. And then he added a few things, I, I you know, just some bits to structure it up a little bit tighter. And, uh, but that song went around the block, you know, and then she had a hit with it. And I remember just being like, wow, I was like, that was like the first like hit that I played on, you know? And it was, um, it was cool. It was like, you go into a record store and there'd be like, it'd be all over the end caps and all that stuff. It was like, Oh, well, I played on that. Um, and, uh, but, but it pops up too. Like this year, it like, uh, my wife and I took our our son to the circus and it was like, as we were walking in the doors, the song started playing with the big intro and all that. And she goes, give it to me. And I'm, and, and, and Aaron was like, Rudy, that's your dad playing guitar. <laughs> He's like, cool. Um, and it actually is funny. My son's teacher was like, uh, at one point uh, last year, she was like, oh my God, I just heard you played on Mandy Moore's Candy. Is that true? And I was like, guilty as charged. So... I mean, it's I was excited of, when I saw that. <laughs> it's cool, right? Yeah, it's a cool song. It's cool. Yeah, it, it is. It's a good, it's a great song. Like, I hadn't listened to it forever, and I was listening to it on the way down here, and I was like, oh, this is, like, a great song, and that must have been, like you just said, that just must have been, like, a really fun thing and something you can be really proud of because that was exactly a big hit. Um, but besides Mandy Moore, you've also played with Aerosmith and Cyndi Lauper. Um, how did, how did you connect with Aerosmith and Cindy Lauper and what kind of work did you do with them? <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I played on one of Cindy's records. That was via a producer, um, Junior Vasquez, who's, uh, was a big, uh, dance guy that I kind of hooked up with through a few people. Um, she was great. She was really great. Um, and, um, uh, but the Aerosmith thing was via my very dear friend, Russ Irwin, um, he played keyboards for them on the road for like years and years. I can't, it might be as many as like 15 or something like that. And, uh, Brad Whifford got injured right before the tour started and Brad's tech was going to do the show. And then he got injured, I believe. Um, so they needed like an insurance policy of somebody to play. And my friend stepped up and said, I think my guy can do it. And the good thing, I mean, I would have loved to have done the tour. I didn't do the tour, but I did a week of rehearsals with them, which was amazing. So even one day in their own personal rehearsal space. Uh, and all we did was deep cuts, no hits, just deep cuts, which I, I knew that stuff from when I was a kid. And uh, they were my favorite band when I was a kid. So it was like, okay, that wasn't even on the bucket list. <laughs> but, yeah, um, just, yeah. <clears throat> you know, but, but I remember at the end of the first day we played, um, Joe Perry walked up to me. He goes, he goes, I love your sound. I love your tone. I love your playing. Bet you never thought you'd be doing this, did you? And I was like, can't say better than that. So it was very sweet and funny. Well, um, and yeah, I mean, that's just that's just amazing. And just to be able to be in the band in the room with them for a week, like you just said. And, and that well, I feel like that has an effect on the way you play. Whenever you play music with somebody, I feel like that subconsciously that kind of gets engraved in you as an artist somehow, you know? Yeah. Well, I, with them, is especially because you can argue they're one of the top five rock bands of all time, top 10, top five, whatever. But I remember like 
being in the room with them and it was like, I mean, I've played with so many great people, but I remember with that band specifically going like, oh, this is what it's supposed to sound like. And it was not like perfect. It was far from perfect and wonderful. You know, it was, it was just a storm, <laughs> you know, and I was kind of in a little lady bitty boat riding in it, you know, it was pretty amazing. But I learned a lot from that, even that one, one moment. One. Yeah, it's rock and roll, right? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, yeah, and that's that is a an ill-defined beast right there. So <laughs> very, very ephemeral. And by but I saw it; <laughs> it was right there. Um. Well, like, like in <clears throat> in contrast with like a live show, like a great live show like that, which is perfectly imperfect. Um, recording wise, like. Because, I mean, like, so, for instance, you played um, on pretty much almost, like, every track on my first record um, yeah. produced by John yeah. Nicola, And those those tracks were all ready for me when I got to New York. Um, mm. And they were literally, like, when I heard all of that music, I was just like, how have I gotten to be a part of this? But I'm just going to take it because this oh. is amazing. Um, but I wanted to talk about, yeah, I guess all of well, you know what's your typical session like and then at some point i wanted to ask you you know what the sessions were like for that particular project too because i mean mm. i know we conversed a little bit about it but i'd like to know a little more but um so yeah what's your typical sure. session like when you go in to do some guitar work like how's it work it's bespoke and custom every time it's just completely different uh but and i i mean i have a few you know i have a set of tools that i know won't break break or let me down and I and I can count on them 100% of the time and I keep them in working order um, but it depends on it could be something as little as like just just play GCD on an acoustic guitar you know like let's say like an advertising kind of thing or it can be pretty elaborate you know I think actually your record was pretty was unique in the sense that there was um, an, a recreative aspect to it and then there was also an aspect to it which was um you know, like pull it more towards your needs and also update it, you know, a little bit, you know, not. And and I, I think it was faithful to everything, really. I, I'm, I'm very proud of your record. I think it came out great. Oh, I mean, when I, Especially, I mean, yeah, yeah, we've heard all those tracks before, right? And then hearing them come to life that way, like you just said, like <laughs> staying true to the original the original compositions but then adding your shimmer like for instance um your guitar part on sitting by the window you know like yeah it, it just <clears throat> it sounded just revived basically and <clears throat> modern uh and and retro at the same time too uh and so anyway yeah like so well, it it's, like, it's, yeah. well it's funny with that song because i can listen to the two versions together and it's like that i i can feel there's um like the instrumental dna of both of them are it's very faithful but it's still just like you know i don't know there's a there's a, there's a funny um phenomenon about the the, the two together um and well, the uh, chord i think structure is unusual anyway yeah 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 well i think that's that's a standout piece of your of your father's for sure for totally. sure. Yeah. And if our listeners don't know, my father's name is uh, Peter Lewis. He was in a band of Moby Grape. 
And we're actually going to run out to break again really quick here. Um, but we're talking to Rob Bailey. And Rob's done a lot of amazing guitar work on both my music and my dad's music, as well as an array of incredible accomplished artists. He's also a songwriter, a producer, and has his own band uh, called PSSR, which we're going to talk about when we come back. And Good we're going to take you, <laughs> if that's okay. Oh, yeah. Um, and so we're going to take you out to break uh, with an artist that Rob's worked with and produced called Madison Hatter. And we're going to uh, play her cover of an Aerosmith song, uh, Nobody's Fault. And then we'll bring you back in with a track that Rob has played on um, by Anastasia called Cowboys and Kisses. So we'll see you in a minute. And thank you for listening to the Arwen Lewis Radio Show. Everybody, this is Arwen Lewis. You're listening to the Arwen Lewis Radio Show. Today, my very special guest is Rob Bailey. He's a Manhattan-based guitarist, vocalist, songwriter, and music producer. You can find out more about him at robbailey.net, at bobbergram on Instagram, and look him up under Rob Bailey on Facebook. And so Rob is a Manhattan-based guitarist, vocalist, songwriter, and producer. And we're actually going to start talking about uh, a band that he's a part of called PSSR. And they're signed to Golden Robot Records um, out of Australia. And this band features Rob and also the drummer of Guns N' Roses, uh, Frank Ferrer. So Rob, uh, can you tell us about your role in the band? And are you are, is everybody from Australia or do you perform in New York? Oh, no, no. Good question. Um... No, uh, so, so so the band had been around for a, for a long time. It came, it sort of was born out of the ashes of this uh, band that was signed to Epic Records uh, a long time ago, which was called Honky Toast, and that featured Richard Fortas also of um, Guns N' Roses. 
currently and frank was the drummer as well um and this uh singer's name is eric j toast it's not his real name but let's stick with toast it's fun to fun fun to say it yeah um and uh i you know a lot of a lot of really great people came in and out of the band and finally bared down on making this record and um we uh had a, had an Australian connection through Frank, which led to another Australian connection, which which was Golden Robot, which is sort of like kind of the the hard rock label of uh, of choice down there. And um, this guy Mark Alexander is the uh, the head of that, and he's a he's a real he's a real character, a real rock and roller, real rock and roller. And um, he loved the band, signed it, and you know the problem is we got signed January twenty twenty, mm. so. It, it's just the sort of thing where like all the ideas and the momentum sort of have been um, up and down with it. Uh, you know, Frank's on the road right now. Not, nothing happens with the band if Frank's not uh, kind of in the, in the mix around New York or LA. So once he's done, I think we're going to reconvene and, um, and uh, carry on. We've got a bunch of singles out, Apple music, Spotify. Um, we actually, if you, um, Spin did an article on us, which was really cool. Uh, oh, nice! And Where yeah, can we find that of, online? Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link to that. Um, and um, yeah, so I, I, but I I produced the record at my that was my baptism of fire with like a hard rock record, and mm. I think it came out great. And uh, the song you've got is is uh, I think that's the uh, the real that's the anthem of of the batch. So. Yeah, Last I love time. that guitar riff. It's so cool. Fun, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I you know, I, I you know, and I I I feel I feel pretty uh I feel pretty I feel pretty good about that one. That 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 song in particular. And uh I I love the uh I don't know if you can you can show the cover art on it, but with the uh, garbage the disco ball in the garbage can. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, was like, <laughs> I just walked down the street one day. I'm like, "Oh, look at that. Single cover." Anyway, <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's a great, it's a great band live. That's the thing. That's what, you know, no matter what, it's like when we get together and we play, it's like, we never, like, we don't rehearse. We just go throw and go. And it's like, bang, it sounds great. And the singer is phenomenal. He's like, he pop, he kind of style punk rock singer. And he's, he's out, he's out of, out of control. He's out of hand. Well, but he sings in tune at the yeah. Go figure. Well, I mean that, well, I mean, that's the ticket that? to rock and roll, right? That's the ticket to rock and roll, right? <laughs> Great front man. Yeah. Great front person. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. And I was going to say too, like you're that recording. I mean, it, it's an awesome recording. Like you can blast it in the car, but you can hear that that band probably is just like so killer live. Cause it's got that energy and you know, oh, and you know what's funny. Uh, the, the only, the thing I could say about production. I mean, I played, he played guitar. The singer Eric played guitar. I played guitar. But the truth is, it's like we did it. It's all overdubbed, and and I feel like it sounds like a live band, though. And I think to be able to like do something that's based completely on overdubs. Um, I mean, the drums were tracked live with the band, but we didn't save anything, you know. And I think if you can take, if you can make something sound like it's a band playing in a room, I think that's pretty successful for a rock and roll record, even if it's been overdubbed. Yeah, no, that's an art in itself, too. Um, and then, I mean, all the technology 
like so did you do digital or did you do analog for that one that's digital that's post proposals yeah and but, so you know, like it's I dirty mean, you know it's really yeah yeah it's so, it sounds like that i'm not a sure. surgical clean kind of engineer producer i mean i don't i don't i know what i'm doing it, it it's i go for the sounds that are a little bit rougher and uh a little filter and fatter and grainier and stuff i i did, that's just what i'm attracted to i i'm like i'm not the guy to you know do a pristine pop record you know well yeah i mean with, that's with, not with everything yeah. that comes with that I have no interest in it. I mean, uh, compared to making rock music, you know, so I can do it as an exercise, I guess, but there's people who do that so well. It's like, what's the point, you know? Um, well, and if you're not passionate about it, why do it? <laughs> um, well, I thought we could talk a little more about, um, oh, well, I wanted to bring up, uh, the song journey of the crossroads too, that you performed on. Ah, okay. Um, we're not playing that today, but um, you've played on all of my dad's solo records. Um, and so there's mm. this one really cool riff in particular um, on my so dad's song, Journey to the Crossroads. And that was from his album, Road to Zion, that uh, John DiNicola produced and released, I think, in 2019. Um, but like, so that song oh. originally, it was more like um, like a folk rock really intense guitar driven song that my dad had composed but when i heard your intro riff that it was it's like a west like like a badass or like bad western can i say that i said the a word yeah loser, yeah yeah um sorry <laughs> so anyway it was like a really bad like western guitar riff um rock and roll like like laced with rock and roll so how did you come up with that and how did you hear that for that song because i feel like it made mm. it I mean, yeah, your dad's in the in the in the mix there too. I mean, he's like to me, he's got that whole character with the twelve string going on that he brings to the table, and so it's it's more like a companion to that. To like, I mean, which, which has got you know, it's really got his thing's got a lot of lot of attack to it, a lot of like shine and a lot of ping to it. And my thing was a little bit more just like, you know, to sort of give it another. Uh, Give another, give you another angle on 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 the stuff, but uh, I yeah, and that, and that to me is that's, you know, that's kind of at the the core of of uh, working with him is is having a bit of his thing going on like that. But uh, I, I you know I just I react to these things like okay, so for instance, something, um, a lot of times the first you know first takes or first takes or first ideas are the best. I mean usually, um. Like I think even the solo for um, that's on the track that uh, I think you're going to play later. Yeah, um, path of least, path least resistance. resistance. It's like yeah, that that's mostly like my first ideas. We tried a ton of other stuff, and then everybody was like, you know, I think I kind of like the first thing, <laughs> <laughs> and that wouldn't be the first time in history that's happened in a recording situation, for sure. You know, but. But yeah, everything, every, I, I think all the best stuff and the stuff you like is knee jerk, you know, initially. And totally. So and like, I mean, and if sometimes you need to go in and fix that you can, but I, I'm the same way. Like, I feel like the intuition at first is kind of, you know, where the root of the creativity yeah. comes from. And then if you just try to keep forcing it and like figure, trying to figure something out, like it kind of kills the creative vibe and the drive for all of that. Um, 
But and it, so and how about yeah, in the yeah. future? Can we expect some new projects from you or any new artists that you're thinking about working with as far as production goes? Well, as I said, it's like I'm very concerned right now with getting catalog out there. And um, I have a ton of tunes. Uh, my wife, Erin, and I have worked on a lot of great stuff okay. that needs to just be finished. And it's all like really close to being done. So uh, it's just a matter of really getting the time management together and pulling that together. Um, and I have a couple things like um, in terms of the avenue of that, it's like there's a few things I'm, I'm working on, which, uh, which I feel are going to pop. And so that'll be good, uh, in the sense of like finding these things at home in that respect. But, and also, as I said, this theater project is, is, is uh, with David Clement is a big deal to me. Um, but yeah, just, and keeping on, keeping on. It's a tough business, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's a tough one. So. Well, I mean, and you've, I feel like you've figured it out. You're, you know, you're an incredible businessman and you are, you know, you've been trained right classically at the Berkeley School of Music. So you're able to kind of adapt and go into all these different avenues like commercial work and Broadway, um, you know, playing in bands like with people like Aerosmith or for Cindy Lauper, um, working on your own material, producing your own band. Um, and so anyway, we're going to run out to break really quickly here. If you're just tuning in, everybody, I think the word what was that, Rob? Sorry. I, I know. I think the big word everybody likes to use is pivot on that one. You know, pivot. Yeah, I pivot, you know. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to pivot out to break. <laughs> and um, everybody, you can ah. hear. I think this is kind of funny. I think we're on a little bit of a delay. So the, our listeners are going to have some fun with this one. Um, but anyway, so Oof, we've got yeah. uh, um, Rob Bailey on the show today. Uh, you can look him up on robbailey.net, on Instagram under Bobbergram, and on Facebook under Rob Bailey. And we're going to take you out with a track that Rob has played on um, by my dad, Peter Lewis of Moby Grape. Uh, Rob composed a beautiful guitar part in the solo for his song, Path of Least Resistance. And then we're bringing you back in with Rob's band, PSSR, with their song, Last Time. We'll see you in a minute.
everybody. This is Arwen Lewis. You're listening to the Arwen Lewis Radio Show. Today, my very special guest has been Rob Bailey. Rob Bailey is a Manhattan-based guitarist, vocalist, songwriter, and music producer. We've been here talking about his career as a session player for many acts in the music business, like Cindy Lauper. He got to play with Aerosmith for about a week, and that was an amazing story. He's played on Broadway and musicals, <laughs> including uh, Billy Joel's Moving Out and Davey, David Bowie's Lazarus. And Rob, I thought we could just finish up uh, talking about uh, maybe just a little bit more about uh, your band's release and how can people see you perform live in New York City? Okay, cool. Um, as I said, well, okay, let's see. Um, PSSR, Till Frank is off the road, is sort of on hiatus. Um, but go to Apple Music or Spotify and look up PSSR and you, you can check out our singles. Um I also, right now, am, um, as I said, I'm working on uh, uh, music with my wife, Erin, and tentatively our project's called The Perfume, and I think we're going to be trying to bring that out um, to the the clubs. You know, downtown New York, uh, uh, last last time I played The Bitter End, I did my own thing, but I'm... I'm actually a little crazy about this place, Carol Place, I just uh, went to, which is the old Kenny's Castaways, but it sounds great, and I'm looking to start booking some new stuff there. I also have a blues trio called Hangry with my buddies J.J. <laughs> Appleton and Blaney. Yeah, I know. Awesome. <laughs> um, so, you know, a couple things. That's that's uh, that's, a, that's ten handfuls right there, so I better I better not commit to anything else. But yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, and I'm 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 in the process of updating my website, so I'll have a gigs a updated gig page there. So robbailey.net. Sweet. Yeah. Well, Rob, it's been so fun to hear your stories and talk with you today. Thank you so much for coming on my show. Sadly, we ran out of time, um, but everybody, did. look Rob Bailey up. He uh, is available on robbailey.net. He's going to be updating his website, like he just said, with information about his releases and performances. Find him on Instagram at Bobber Graham, on Facebook under Rob Bailey. And just so you know, again, Rob Bailey is a Manhattan-based guitarist, vocalist, songwriter, music producer. And we're going to take you out uh, with actually a song from my record called uh, Sitting by the Window. It's from my first record produced by John Nicola called Arwen. It was a collaboration of classic Moby Grape songs. Rob played beautiful guitar work throughout the entire project. And um, he's doing a really nice guitar part here on the song Sitting by the Window. So I hope you all enjoy. And Rob, thank you so thank much you. for coming on my show. Thank you so much, Arwen, and you are a wonderful artist, and I have enjoyed working with you very much. Thank you so much. Likewise. Very grateful. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your time on the radio. Enjoy. <laughs> Against my window pane, but 
Arwen Lewis Show was brought to you by Evolve Entertainment. Host, Arwen Lewis. Executive producer, Jeremiah D. Higgins. Producer and sound engineer, Richard Dr. D. Dugan. You can find Arwen Lewis and all of her music at arwenlewismusic.com. And follow her on Instagram at Arwen Lewis. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.